morning, listeners. This is the Creative Brother, and I want to thank you again, as always, for tuning in and having a listen <laughs> while you commute or whatever you're doing. Thank you. This is episode number 40, and it's uh, season number two. Today, you know, when I do these uh, these episodes and all the work I do beforehand um, for the content and the creative brother stuff, right? <laughs> I learn things, and um, a lot of things I learn I didn't know beforehand. And what I mean is, is you think one thing, you go do your research, and you realize, no, it's not exactly that. It's there's other stuff. Kick over the cow patty, and see what's underneath that cow patty. Oh my goodness! And today's episode is no different. I find that. I lean really, really hard towards labor topics. And as it applies to the, what I'd say, the bottom three levels on the five level, on the five level triangle, you know, um, because that's where you get started. That's where most people are, those bottom three. Those top two, that's, most people aren't there. That's where you go when you, because you decided that's where you wanted to go. And that's where you got, accidentally, pretty much. You didn't plan on it. It was accidental, right? Everything can come underneath the word accidental if you didn't mean to do it. It was accidental. You can call it what you want, but it still falls underneath that word. It wasn't planned. It was accidental. So somebody's listening going, I'm successful because I know you fell into it. It was accidental. Most of us do that. Okay. So today, what I want to talk about is related to the um, efforts for infrastructure money. We have infrastructure money now. It hasn't been appropriated and let out there. It will be at the um, beginning of 2023 fiscal year government, FY23, which starts October of 2022. That's when you're going to start seeing the money thrown out there and that's when it really gets started and I know this is going to be a mess a good mess because four about five million baby boomers went home and didn't come back to the workforce they're not coming back so there's a lot of opportunity out there uh, a lot of jobs that are not filled right now and you're hearing all this whining from these people on TV and the oh, other people this is not a whiner situation. This is an opportunity. The ceiling just went up 20 feet. You got a higher ceiling. And depending on who you are, how old you are, what your plans are, whatever, you should benefit. You will benefit from this if you just sit in your house because the country is going to be renewed. Okay? So let's talk about what I believe can happen to help with the labor shortage. Because people, I sell to the world, but I'm also the board chair of a non-profit, local nonprofit. I know that no matter how well you are doing, um, you still have to have the, the vast majority of people feeling good about themselves. Otherwise, society ain't going to work the way it could. No matter how well you as an individual are doing, if the collective mass amount of people aren't feeling so good, you're going to have a hard, a hard time operating. You're going to have a hard time selling to people because not enough people are making enough money. 
You know, you can't sell to the same folks all the time. Got to have new customers. So those that are listening, if you're in business, you need, society needs to be better for you to continue to be successful. And what I'm seeing is an erosion of uh, levels one, two, and three. They're not moving up. Not enough of them are moving up into four and five. Not enough mofos. And what that means is the mofos that are in level four and five, and it's not, they think they're, they actually think they deserved it. No one deserves any of this. You just find yourself where you are, and I don't care how hard you work, that doesn't mean you get it. <laughs> I mean, you know, not a matter of deserve. That's a word that shouldn't exist. No one deserves anything. You just got it. You received it. Life's tough. It doesn't give you anything. You don't deserve it. You don't. You just have it. So what I want to talk about today is just the past and how the past can be a guide to the present and the future as it applies to how Americans should be thinking about one another as opposed to how we do when it comes down to the public and what the public needs to do in order for us to be great, to have a chance at greatness, not just talky stuff. All right, everybody? Actual greatness. You don't get there when you're when level one, two, and three are suffering and they don't feel so good about themselves. Okay? You don't get there. You will never become great if your base, if the the vast majority of people don't believe it. It's just on a t-shirt and a hat. Okay? So people need to feel better about themselves. I think I have some solutions. Um the biggest thing is is to really just um Look at what has worked in the past. And what has worked in the past and what has worked for others is vocational. To take things down to the vocational level with people. Okay? And look at everything like that. Just look at who can do what. Put some programs together to employ people. President Roosevelt, during the recession... He didn't actually come up with the idea. He's kind of questionable for me. He did some good stuff, but it was his wife who induced him to do it. He could give a a poop, right? He was a level one guy. He had never really, he he didn't understand, not really, more than most, but his wife, Mrs. Roosevelt, she is the one that got him to do the things for mankind, okay? She should have been the president. That was a strong woman. Without her, America would not be what it is because she's the one that put in the the bottom, you know, put in the, you know, social help get social security in there and, you know, laying in the bed at night telling him what to do, <laughs> right? And he did it because he wanted to stay married to her. And she was the one that got him to create uh, the works, the public works programs, you know, that put people to work. The Work Work Progress Administration, WPA. I want you to look that up. Now, of course, the other side, politically, since that time up until now, they will screen their heads off. It didn't work. 
you can listen to that if you want to. You can continue to be in part of that, listening to people who have, you know, <laughs> something to say about it. You need to find your own collective voices and stuff and quit listening to these other side people who want to explain to you why something is not what it seems to be. Don't listen to it. The public works program, the work progress administration was a relief program, you know, that was created underneath the Emergency Relief Appropriations Act, you know, which had been signed to give relief to Americans for the jobless. Three million um, men, and I say that because back then, they, you know, they didn't help women. Three out of 10 million jobless men went to that, use that program. And they're the ones that went out and did road work, bridge work, did all the public works for a check. You know, built stuff, public buildings, murals and stuff. Did all kinds of stuff. Uh, uh, it also funded the arts and put, the, put people, artists and creative people to work, right? Until they could climb themselves out of that into something better. It worked. We need that today more than they needed it back then. There are just too many people who are broke, who don't have a way forward. They just, they grew up in it. They don't have it. They are the silent people. Millions upon millions of Americans that are just, it's the silent generation. They don't have squat. And every day you see it on TV, they kill people, maim, rob, maim, murder, go to school and kill everybody. You know, they have nothing to look forward to. Why? They don't have any money. They don't have stuff. And so you are a target. You know, how do you get safe? Get people working. Put people to work. Can't get robbed when they're at work. Can't rob you when they have a job. Right? That's an old joke, but it's true. Dude can't rob you when he's at work. You know? And so the Public Works Administration, and then the second thing that I want to talk about that I've always loved, um, because I'm a guy with three degrees, and means squat out there in the world. Those degrees, they, hmm, I would say they opened some doors that were already cracked and opened already, okay? Um, but when it comes down to how I got to where I have in life, mm-mm, just sheer vocational skill sets and high IQ, extremely. And I can put, uh, I'm one of those people that takes the, uh, takes the intelligence and converts it into smart. I know a ton. I know way more intelligent people than I do smart people who apply their intelligence to something, you know? And I don't give my degrees credit for much. When I give credit to what I have done is just get up in the morning at four in the morning <laughs> and willing to work, willingness, willingness to go get it. And still doing it at 60, still stressing myself out, going and getting it. And what happens is, when I get to the point where it's time to get others to help, that's when everybody finds out what I'm doing. And then they get jobs and contracts and then all kinds, and there's some stuff left behind. So that's me. I work my way up to, to where I am. I, you know, level three, four, and five, I was there. 
And in many cases, I'm still there mentally. Okay? But what I do know is, is I'm a person that thinks about level three, four, and five people. I do. And I'm always in there working with them, servicing them, volunteering, all that other nonsense. Right? We need more people looking out for level three, four, and five. So society can be great. If you don't take care of levels three, four, and five, you don't have a great society. Look around, look at all these countries that, you know, take that with the disparity so wide between the top and the the rest. And look at the countries, they suck. (laughs) They just absolutely suck. The people are not happy and they they would kill the level one and two. They can get their hands on them. They will kill them. They would, they got nothing to lose. So the benefits of a public works program and having a focused vocational training system, I'm going to talk about Germany because they have a focused vocational training system. They have a dual system. We're going to get there in a minute. But here's the one area where I see that's necessary for um, a Roosevelt type New Deal program. Uh, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, has discussed it. He's talked about it. He's sold it. He needs people like me to help him. Remember Barack Obama when he was president? Every night selling, 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 all by himself. And I kept asking everybody, where's everybody else? He can't sell it by himself. Where's everybody else? Every night for four years, he's sold stuff. Oh, my God, dude. Eight years, actually. Selling, 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 selling. You can't sell by yourself. Mm-mm. You need help. I'm here to help Joe Biden because I've been ahead of him on this my entire life. I grew up in the 60s and the 70s when they had vocational programs, government run, and then you went to work. And the, and the companies also had training programs. <laughs> Man, everybody wants you to be trained up now ready to go for a $6 hour job. You're like, you need to be prior experience and this and that. And you're like, you're, what kind of mofo are you? You better do that, sucky business person. But people aren't doing that. They just, they suck. I have to say to you uh, folks, society has eroded in many ways. And I am not that get out of your yard guy. Get out of my yard guy. Mm -mm. I'm the encouraging guy. But we have an erosion. I just see it. People can't even get on the freeway good trying to run you over to get. I want to be first. Run you over. Just an erosion of just. But at the same time, I also sell to young people who are doing the environmental services type businesses. I finance them and I talk to them, you know, and as part of the, you know, what we're doing and all of that. And, and you know, there's. The level of that is getting smaller. There's not as many of them. Young go-getter types? Mm-mm. They're fantastic. I want to help to create more of that, not less. I need more customers. <laughs> That's my deal. Am I being a little greedy? Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. I need more customers. And my partners that are listening all the way to Norway and back, they, they, yeah, they need them too. So here we go. That's a hell of an introduction, isn't it? 
Here's one area where I really believe this can, this public works programs can really help. Public waste pickup, just clean up. I want you guys to, and ladies and aliens, spend just a few seconds when you get done listening to me, the creative brother, just do some Googling on clean countries, the cleanest countries in the world. Have a look. Don't you want that? God, you go outside and as soon as you leave your house, if your house is clean, <laughs> there's paper in the street. And, uh, it's just, you know, America's not clean. Sorry. America's not a clean country. No way. I've traveled. We're not clean. Mm-mm. No, we're not. So with that said, the public works program, people could be in there. You pay locals. I had a, a, a vision. Who are the folks sitting around next to the trash? Pay them. They're sitting right next to it. Homeless. And then they can have a check too, right? Pay the homeless and whomever else to pick up random trash in the streets, empty lots, waterways, urban areas. And here's the thing. I thought this through a little bit. (laughs) A little bit. What are the benefits? Well, it'll certainly lower crime by increasing the gainfully employed. And I have done studies on this. When people are at work, they're not committing crimes. Crime goes down when you have more people gainfully employed. Okay? And just think, the homeless, they're sitting next to the trash. Now, how do you do that? How do you regulate? Well, and you know, you pay them certain areas. You know, it's zoned. And they're that's where they are, so they keep that zone clean. And they get paid. It's a public, you know, works program, just like Social Security or or uh, welfare, public welfare, right? Um, and we'll have a cleaner society. We'll have people who are now, some people want to be homeless. It's just a mental illness, right? They don't want to follow the rules. So they're going to always be some sort of, some sort of homeless at least they'll look good. <laughs> they can go afford to get a haircut, go get a shower. And what that would mean is we would also have to build in infrastructures to support these people. They're not going away. We just need to admit that and, and accommodate that, right? Level one accommodations, all right? These are just ideas. The cost, public money from infrastructure and build back better programs. Build Back Better is going to happen. All you have to do is talk to a big brain person like me and it'll tell them, well, take out the parts that they don't, other, that the other part, the other, that these two people don't like. Just take them out. Voila. They're no longer in there. Find a new way to get those things done. Just take them out. Cut the cancer out. Then go, here you go. Sign right here. Put a gun to their head. <laughs> It's really simple. Get rid of what's causing the problem. Find a new way to fix that later. All right. So now I want to get to Germany because you see where I'm going with the public works programs. I can talk about this all day. I'm stopping right there. What it needs is brains. It needs brains. People who can think up great ways to use this program. I definitely want the arts in there too. We need creatives. 
Where did they go? You know, to college and pay for it and pay all that money? Go to some sucky school and pay all that money, come out, and no job. Not have a student loan to pay for. No job, no creativity, stress. So what do they do? They go to work for some sucky company doing something that's well, well, well beneath their capabilities. And the world and the USA never sees, never gets from them what is in there. That sucks. I don't know how you feel about it, but it sucks to the creative brother. It really does. So how do we get around all this stuff? Okay. Vocational work, vocational and workforce training for today's skill needs. We're going to talk about Germany. Now, I'm getting ready to create a workforce training programs for my, my, my development pro- projects back in my, home, my hometown. It's $176 million. I've got the number. So I'm done with the, with the work scope development. Now I'm on the second phase of the company stuff and all of that. You know, getting ready to bring in investment bankers into my life. Ugh. Ugh. But $176 million. How do I get that done? I'm going to train the locals to, to assemble the houses that we, we're going to be doing uh, steel rail kit homes that are going to be extremely, they're going to look better than the regular stuff, okay, and be stronger. And people can learn how to do it. I'm going to teach them with the county. We're going to come up with, uh, uh, we're going to teach people how to do it using the company who builds, who manufactures the homes. Imagine USA. So we're going to do that. So I'm going to be doing what I'm talking about. Workforce training. And the for-profit model doesn't work. It just doesn't. Everybody's got student loans now and can't afford to pay attention in, you know, in America. Can't afford to pay attention. Got student loans. The for-profit model doesn't work. I didn't grow up in that. When I grew up, you know, when I, <laughs> when I started college, it was... $4 a semester hour here in Texas. $4. And what that did for you as an individual, you didn't need parents to pay for your college. You didn't. So you didn't have to depend on the success of the prior of the previous generation for your success. You do now. You really do. If your parents don't have any money, they're broke. Or they don't care about you enough to have saved some money because they don't make any. I'm just being real with you. I'm not going to cut. I'm not cutting corners. Yes, I am cutting corners. (laughs) They loved you, but they didn't save up enough money. They, you know, they had a Lexus and all that. They didn't save up any money for your college. Or stuff happened, you know, life, whatever, you know. But they don't have any money. You don't have any money. College is real expensive. Oh, but you can get a student loan today. You can sign for a student loan and you can go get one now. They'll have you sign your life away in 30 minutes. Actually, you can probably go online and do it. I haven't looked. I'm pretty sure you can go online and get a student loan in 15 minutes, $80,000 without any credit. See how the system sucks? It sucks. And that's just one year worth of school, you know. You still have three years left. All right. So, Germany. My paper. I'm turning over. Turn over my paper. (laughs) 
Workforce training will give give people it gives people basic the basic skills needed in the community. You know, the building trades, trades that the end that industry, you know, needs, right? And there's this word that came out of my um, my work here: demographic development. Demographic development. Looking at what you need demographically and filling those needs. Let me ask you folks, is America doing that? Heck no, we suck. When you just peel back the onion on America, we suck. All we are is a wealthy country. That's, that's our main deal. We have money. We have mechanisms for money generating. Outside of that, everything else here sucks. Now, I don't know if you if you care, if you feel the same way, but I'm running, I'm running level one and two, baby. And I'm saying that, okay? I'm rolling in level one, level two. And I am saying that America sucks because level three and three, four and five ain't getting it with level one and two is. And why is that? It's unfair. It's just unfair. Okay, here we go. Um, let me calm down a little bit. <laughs> the the German, what we really need to do, and I'm using the word need to, that's a strong statement because that means that you really, you know, your options are limited. They are. Look at America. Insurrector traders. Who were those people? A quick demographic uh, 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 blurb view. I looked at that. I studied it. The vast majority of those, of those people were quote unquote unhappy with society. They had a slice of unhappiness. The majority of them weren't even registered voters. So they weren't Republicans. They weren't registered Republicans. They're not even voters. So those that would claim them on that team, you just, you're, you're doing it without any, any evidence of that. The majority of them didn't, weren't even registered to vote in the last election. So what does all that mean? Do they represent the slice of, no, they don't represent America. Overwhelmingly white, like 99%. And <laughs> this country, America was set up for the white man to be successful. You don't have to be really, really great. You can be an average white man and be and 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 do really well here. That's the system. And if you're not a white man. If you understand how the system works, you also can benefit for how the system is set up. But it is weird to a black man to watch, to talk to white guys who don't feel empowered. It's weird because the system was designed for you. So there's not something wrong with the system. When the system who it was designed for is failing the person who it was designed for, right? 
it's the society in which we live. It has, it's like dropping glass. You got all these cracks. Not everything hits the floor, you know. It stays, some, some stuff stays intact. But you can't move through the system now because all the cracks. It's hard to get around. That's America. It's really hard to navigate if you're just average everyday thinking, average thinking person. It's incredibly hard to navigate. You gotta have some luck. You do. The German vocational system has helped remove all that nonsense. And it's been in place since the Middle Ages. Folks, the one thing about America that really sucks is we think we have it in our heads, we're great. It's in the society. So we don't go out and ask other folks how they become successful. How'd you do that, Germany? Okay, I'm just gonna listen now, write down stuff. We don't do that. We think everybody ought to be coming to America to learn from us. Oh, heck no. No way. Okay, no way. The Chinese, we went to them 24 or five years ago and said, can you make stuff for us cheaply? And they said, yeah, we don't know how, but we'll, we'll, we'll screw it up till we learn. And now they have a, they're building a space station. They have gone to Mars. They're still there. They have done things we haven't done. And when I say we, the Americans and the Russians, the leaders in space, they have done things we have not done yet. Why? Because we paid them to learn how to do it. We paid them to learn how to go to Mars. We paid them to learn how to build a space station by paying them to build little stupid little widgets. <laughs> And now we're doing the same thing to, with Vietnam, Indonesia, Mexico, where else? Uh, Ireland, software, uh, where else? Uh, I can't think right now, but America is building up the workforce skill sets of other countries because it costs less money for them to do it. And here, we have lost skills because it costs so much to live here and we don't deserve the money that we make, even though a lot of you don't make much. It's society's, it's, it's a mess. Okay, how do we fix it? We start focusing on us again, for real, for reals, us. Level five, four, and three. Screw number two and number one. I don't need your help. I'm fine. I'm gonna get what I gotta what I gotta get. I'm gonna go to level three, four, and five and get the labor I need and all of that. I'm gonna go to level one and two to get the money that I need. I'm good. I got it worked out. I'm just concerned about the mass of people that I know exist that haven't worked it all out because I come from that I come from that so German vocational system it is a dual system um, and it combines classroom and you know and business I mean basic stuff it goes further classroom with business theory and practice learning and working okay it's basic but it's highly effective and it's established in the German education system. You know, not just when you get done with high school, now you gotta go start some new stuff. And it roots back to the Middle Ages. And 
An essential characteristic of it is the cooperation between private business or private companies and public vocational schools. And it's regulated by law. That we don't do that. Everything here is, oh, you know, the free enterprise system. It sucks. It sucks. Oh, it sucks. Um, and you have this dual system, like I said, regulated by law. The federal government is responsible for the vocational training in the companies. And the federal, the, the states are responsible for vocational schools. So they, they look out over the schools. And then, but these, it's all public. The government is over vocational training. It ain't for profit. They don't have that. Okay? They don't have it. All right? So this is a dual system, you know? And there are 350 officially recognized occupational standards. So that's how you end up choosing what to go do in your life. It's all regimented. We're not doing that. We suck. And it, even though everything is incorporated, you know, by state law, it's also business is they're in there with the government. You know, 50 percent of all students um, go into the vocational path and 50 percent go into the college path. You know, businesses like I received in the seventh. Well, I graduated high school in the 80s, in 1980. But you receive business trains people. They're just expected, and they do it, you know, they do it, um, you know, without being forced by the government to do it, you know? And the government, you know, it, they are responsible. So ultimately, when I looked at Germany and all the things that come out of this, I looked at, and I said to myself, well, what is it that we're not doing? Well, go federal government and the state governments don't, they don't regulate stuff. You know, uh, and then the community college system, the American community college system, one of the programs, one of the uh, licensor, the um, where they call it, when you join in and all these schools belong to it, they looked at the German systems and they tried to put something together. It's very loose and they're not really following it. Not really. They're trying. But what happens is the law, the, 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 the politicians are not, they don't keep up with it. It depends on. The Republicans, let me just be honest. The Republicans don't believe in education. They don't. They put their own kids through it. They ain't caring about your kid. <laughs> All right? They, nope. They care about their kid, not yours. And I'm 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 not a, I'm a nothing. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican, nor am I an independent. I'm a nothing. So I I poke the bear in all three of them. Because an independent is a something. You're a something if you're listening. You are a something. I'm poking you too. So at the end of the day, again, Germany has been doing this since the Middle Ages, right? The college path is just as, I mean, the, the vocational path has equal importance to the college path. And that's why everybody loves German cars and German watches and German stuff, right? Because we know it's quality. Um, I'm going to stop there and I'm going to conclude. Listeners, when you just look at America right now, I don't know how anyone can say uh, we're great. The I like 
the fact that Donald Trump was elected president because I knew his history. I knew he was going to yank off the fake Band-Aid off that, that, you know, somebody put a fake Band-Aid on their arms so they could get some sympathy. That's America. Fake Band-Aid. 400 and something years. He yanked that sucker right off <laughs> and showed the world. He exposed America to the world. That was a good thing. Now the destruction and death and loss of income and recession and the pain we're feeling now from all of that, no one wishes that on anyone, right? I could not have expected that he would be that bad. The level of bad, of the, the level of his, of his uh, bad was just bad. I mean, it was just, you couldn't, but I do like that America has been exposed because now we have to fix it, okay? We have to fix it. Now the world knows just what America really is. And the funny thing about it is, is that the cream and the cherry on top of that man's work was the January 6th insurrection, the attempt to, the traitors. As far as I'm concerned, insurrection is level two traitorous behavior. Level two, you're a traitor. If you were, if you're an insurrector, you're just a traitor. As far as I'm concerned, there it is. If you support that, well, you know, hey, I ain't here to judge, but you know. <laughs> but here's where we're going, everybody. And uh, I'm not one to speak negatively. I'm the most positive, well, I ain't the most positive. I'm in the category of extremely positive people who see the world like that and trying to, you know, I'm the fixer. So you bring the, you bring the problem to me, we fix it. That's positive. I ain't the guy you call and I go, well, you know what? Got to live with that, man. Shouldn't have done it. You shouldn't have done it. That's not me. We're going to fix it. There's a way to fix this. We may not be able to fix all of it, but there's some recovery here. You want to do it? Oh, okay. Here we go. I'm that guy. So here's how we fix it. We focus on us. We go and we look at the German system of vocational training and we institute that, we reinstitute that back into the educational system. I grew up in that, where you, once you got to high school, you could pick to go in the vocational and office education program, where you could go out and spend some of your day working, you know, working, doing vocational training, become a hairdresser or whatever, you know, a mechanic, they all kinds of stuff. Now, with me being a computer scientist and computer, well, data and computer scientist, technologist, I believe computer science is a vocational level education. You can go to trade school and learn that. You don't have to go to college. You do not have to go to college to learn how to be a programmer. You can come right out of high school already knowing how to do it because you went to class on your own at night um, online. You know, all these different people who are teaching how to learn how to do stuff. And you can be, you can be um, ready to make money, 80, 90 grand a year, right out of high school, if you start in high school. And if we have programs to teach kids um, these things young, by the time they hit 12 or 13, out of that group's gonna come the entrepreneurs and the, uh, the leaders the people who run a little further ahead of everybody, 
and then the people who want to keep up with them run faster. <laughs> to keep up with them. That's how you create hierarchy. You got the dude or the chick that runs a little faster. You got the people who, who want to keep up. They run right up next to them. And then you got the folks that can't quite keep up, but they're right behind them just a little bit. Then you got then those behind them, those behind them, and those that don't even care that are walking. Okay, getting left behind. That's how you create a natural hierarchy. It's based on your willingness. In my brain, willingness creates hierarchy, not suppression and constraint. Willingness. You willing to get up in the morning and drive for 130 miles to be a police officer? Go do it, man. I'm with you. Here's $10 for gas. You know, do good. You know, that's my motto. Okay, do good. Do good things. I hope you guys agree. This has been kind of a talky, windy uh, <laughs> episode that might not make the light of day. But if it does, I hope that it helps you in some kind of way. Future world leaders, and when I say world leaders, the countries. Future world leaders will be those with happier and more well-off citizens. Okay? And when I say more well-off, I don't mean you know, financially per se. You're just better off than the average citizen of other countries. You're happier, you know, you feel better about yourself. And collectively, that adds up to a more a happier society, right? America is not one of the top happy countries. You want to know who the happier people are? There's a block of countries, they're the happier people. The Nordic countries, Norway, Switzerland, and all those people. They're happier. Why? You know, the, 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 I think a big one is, is the expectations are just less. America has high expectations with no at the end of that run, you're like, wait, where's my, where's my cookie? What? You don't get cookies. Get in there and do it again. Like, what the? You got promises and not, you don't get anything at the end of it. No carrot at the end of the carrot stick. But the Nordic countries are the happiest countries. And then the next set of countries are the smaller Asian countries. They're really happy. Why? Fewer expectations society-wise to be able to get to the point where you're broke. 18 grand in America just to be broke, okay? And a lot of folks are working really hard to get there. Oh, I'm at 16, it's November. I don't know if I'm gonna make it. I mean, working hard to just be broke. So I say we need to start modeling some of what we would like to be off of the people who are already there. You know, we're not so great. I'm telling you, folks, we're not so great. What I find interesting is when I ship stuff to other countries and I have to fill out the manifest and all of this, uh, I do it. Sometimes I have others to do it. And they say, well, what's the country of origin for which for what you're sending? Heck, most of the stuff I'm shipping out is going crossing over the country where I just, where they sent it to us. Going to Asia or somewhere, Middle East or wherever. 
And I'm like, I got to put in there Italy. It comes from Italy. You know, half the stuff I sell comes from Italy. I don't know what's going on with that little country. And I'm like, you know, this stuff is coming. Very few things that I ship out is actually manufactured here, you know? And so when I laugh and tell people when I talk to everyday, regular everyday folks, I'll tell them, don't order your stuff from that guy. He ordered it from China and he's marking it up. Just order it from the Chinese directly. That's what they do now. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah. You go on Amazon and buy some stuff from you buy, you know, a Chinese or an Asian name sweater. That same sweater, uh, 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 some American company bought it from them and marked it up. And you're paying twice the price for that same sweater. It just has their name on it versus the Chinese name or the Indonesian or the Vietnamese name. So why pay 50% or 100% markup where you can just buy the Asian sweater and it, you know, you got to be careful about sizes, right? <laughs> but just cut them, cut the Americans out. Make them pay for doing that. Don't do that anymore, okay? We need to make American business pay for buying from China and marking it up 50, 100%. We can't have that anymore. How do we do it? By starting, the, by making sure people here can build stuff. Build it here the cost of business will go down if we take manufacturing out of the hands of the country somewhere else. We have to pay for all that shipping and all that, all the cost of logistics gets rolled into the cost. If we make it here, we're not paying for all of that. It will bring down the cost of living in America if we start doing stuff in America. Now, a lot of folks would argue with that because they haven't done the work I've done and look at the numbers. I'm telling you folks, we need to bring it back into America. How do we do it? We need to prepare America for that. How do we do that? We need to educate the citizens for that. There it is. I'm gonna stop there. I hope I've been helpful today and I'll talk to you again. Good morning again, listeners. I did it again. <laughs> uh, this is going to be short. I left off two uh, some conversations about two about the wives of two presidents that I believe contributed contributed the most to society, and not just to the lawns and the you know new trees around the properties of the White House and silly stuff, right? <clears throat> I left it out and I decided it had to go in. And so here it is. Um, FDR's wife, uh, Eleanor Roosevelt, as I spoke to in the, in the podcast episode, um, she was responsible, you know, for keeping him on point and making sure he stayed with the New Deal, right? And, and, but she was a civil rights activist. I wanted to make sure I talked about her and the other person. Um, she was a civil rights advocate and activist for the poor, disadvantaged, and persons of color, right? And, you know, there's a long, if you look at, go to their library website and not Wikipedia, you can look at her accomplishments, but she has a long list of human rights accomplishments because remember, they were in office for eight years. 
you know, no, actually 12 years, uh, 16 years, four terms. They were in office 16 years. So that's the longest, you know, after that they changed it, right? 16 years. So she was a tall lady. She's 5'11". So um, I, I, I can imagine how that also helped her being tall and being the, the first lady. But she was a very important figure because she, she, uh, she checked a bunch of the, the racist organizations, Daughters of the, Daughters of the American Revolution. She checked them when they tried to do some racist stuff. And that, that really helped them lose status because she resigned from the organization when they showed the world who they really were, right? And so Eleanor Roosevelt is someone you should do a little reading on to see how she, what she did. She really is the purveyor of the uh, works programs that her husband kept going, right? As I talked about in the previous episode. Really, she kept him on point for to making sure that levels three, four, and five got got accommodated and got some got some benefits. I mean, well, who else are you going to help? I mean, you do level one and two doesn't need it. They really don't. They really don't. We'll figure it out. And then the second thing, Lyndon B. Johnson's wife, uh, Lady Bird Johnson, her uh, impact wasn't as great as Eleanor Roosevelt's. This really kind of, Miss, Mrs. Roosevelt really is the, the, the baseline by which all first ladies should be measured honestly when it comes down to what you, you know, what gets left behind that we can see. Can't see flowers on the first, on the lawn, you know, who cares about that nonsense, right? Christmas trees and all that, who cares? You know, but she, Mrs. Roosevelt is the baseline for everybody else, but Miss Lady Bird Johnson, the reason why I have a respect for her accomplishments is because she was an environmentalist of the highest order. She really was. And she's responsible for the highway beautification projects across America. Remember um, uh, General, what's his name, put in the highway system, uh, what's his name, oh shoot, in the 50s. He was responsible for the highway um, system. And then um, she came in and beautified, you know, the highways projects. And those were work programs too. You know what I mean? LBJ was slick. <laughs> he was slick. He knew words mattered. So you just keep words out your mouth because uh, the other sides, you know, all they're listening for is words, triggers, right? So if you don't give them triggers, they can't, they don't have anything to hang their hats on, you know? No pegs to, from which to climb the mountain. So it was a beautification project. And it also still exists. If you go and look at, you know, if you've driven across America or some parts of it on the, on the interstates, the, the, um, the rest stops, that's part of the beautification project. All the rest stops on the, inter, on the interstates. I mean, I've traveled from one side of the world, of America to the other, driving. And they come in handy. Uh, that's all I know. <laughs> they do come in handy. <laughs> and some are better than others. Depends on what state you're in. Oh, you know, think about the poor states. Oh, my goodness. They look a mess. They don't, they take the money out the budget, put it on something else. But Mrs. Lady Bird Johnson, the reason why I, I, I'm talking about her is because she's responsible for beautifying the beautification projects within urban and rural communities 
in the six, in, in you know, in the time that they were in office, right, in the sixties. Um, I experienced that being from a small town, Galveston County, on the way in between Houston and, and Galveston. Um, I experienced that. You know, I, I saw the highway projects. You know, the beautification in my little my little part of the world, and um, because my town was set on a state highway, that also received money and all of that. So I experienced with um, the first lady, uh, Mrs. Johnson did. And what that does to people is, is it's a pacification situation. First off, it's also, again, jobs, for the locals to do the work. And then beautification. I mean, come on, man, some flowers and stuff, you know, just, you know what I'm saying? Just, you know. So, yeah, I experienced that. So I just wanted to talk about the two wives, the two first ladies of these two people that I mentioned in the podcast episode um, and the importance that they had on American society. It's not always policy nonsense. I mean, right now, the politicians in D.C. are fighting over stuff, right? And if you brought in some some big brain folks that just go, you know what, take those two things out, close that gap, and you look around the room and go, why, why are y'all fighting like y'all don't know this? What's going on? And then you'll hear some policy politician, well, you know, the neck bone's connected to the toe bone, and the toe bone's connected to the tooth bone. And you sit there and you go, no, it's not. What are you talking about, lady? That's what they're doing right now. They're trying to connect toe bones and backbones that don't go together. Instead of having just doing common sense nonsense and be done. And so who knows what's going to happen. They'll end up with something. But at the end of the day, the collective amount of money that's being spent that's going to come out of Build Back Better and the infrastructure projects, they will equal up to what both of these programs that Roosevelt and LBJ did. That's why I'm excited. And I'm in the environmental services equipment industry, tank truck equipment. Everything goes behind the cab for tra- trailers and trucks and all of that. My industry is already um, benefiting because we're talking about infrastructure, you know, concrete roads and bridges and houses and buildings. And it's already started for us already. You know, they were waiting all last year for um, the um, legislation to get voted on and approved. And it got kind of scary towards the end of 2022, 21, because business confidence started slipping, even up to the level of uh, Goldman Sachs, where they had to reissue their, you know, their, um, their, you know, had to adjust what they thought was going to happen this year based on these people can't get it together, right? Well, actually, it's only two people. It's not a matter of these people. It's two individuals, keystones. The keystones have decided, you know, to misbehave. <laughs> so that's it, it's it's just two people. It's not a mess. It's not a mess. It's the keys. Just two keystones. So I'm I'm happy to see that the works from Roosevelt's wife, first lady, the first lady Roosevelt, and the first lady Johnson. These two big projects that are coming up are going to equal in stature what those projects did. And despite your politics, you will benefit if you're in America. Um, so I'm feeling really good about young people. And you're, you're sealing. You know, you got the COVID cleared out, the baby boomers, cleared them out. Five million, went home, ain't coming back. 
and you got infrastructure money and build back better money. I mean, I mean, there just shouldn't be any complaints for the next 10 years. <laughs> it just shouldn't be any. And with that said, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Take care.